Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. See, we finally got the intro right. We did not do that last week. No, we totally forgot how to do it. Yeah. And this is also... Oh, Robert Frazier. Uh, that's I, <laughs> I I thought you were gonna say it. I thought there was like an introduction. Hey, I'm here. Hey, he's new. Bear with him. He's new. But he is new. So hey, uh it, it it's really a pleasure to introduce to you guys as an audience uh someone that uh Pete and I have a long history with. He actually came through jump school training. One, one of the original six jump schools I came through. <laughs> yes, we don't. We still don't know what jump school it was, but uh, Robert's just a great friend. At one time, I even approached him and and was like, "Hey, man, would you consider leading New Breed? Because I think the world like that's my that's handing off my baby, right? Like, and and here we are on this podcast. I just that would have been a, a terrible mistake, Pete. I mean, Peyton, you made you made the right choice. Well, you said no. So, I mean, you know, it was like, hey, I think you made the right choice. But the reality is, in in all seriousness, I mean, there are few church planners that I respect, like I respect Rob. And I have to say all this because we're about to make fun of him, but because this is a church planner (laughs) podcast. But honestly, Robert is a guy that just... I just know if he's in an area, it's like where Paul says about Timothy. When Paul boasted Timothy, it's like... You know, because I remember at one point you're like, man, that would just be an honor. I'm like, no, dude, I, I brag that I know Rob Frazier, you know, like that's my that's my claim to fame. We go to places and I'm I'm just proud to say I know you and have had a small part in what God has done through you. And it is a small part. If if you don't know Robert, he actually is up in Boise. He's planted a church there, but also he's planted a network which is even more impressive. He currently is the director of New Thing up there, and he's got 
the city network that he runs as well. So he's a dude that's always moving. I think he's the man with 10 jobs. He's got an entrepreneurial heart and spirit. And of course, uh, he's going to be taking uh, one of our, our shows here as we're launching into this new season on the Church Planner Podcast, where we're going to have multiple shows for multiple days. So not only are we back, we're back with a vengeance, and we're here to punish you, like way more Church Planner Podcasts than uh, than you can handle. So uh, Robert, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about kind of what's on your heart for uh, joining our team? Yeah, well, thanks, Ben. I I keep thinking about our uh, our faded moment at the Shake Shack in Orlando, at Exponential, where we just sat down and you know you and I had like a little two hour heart to heart while you were waiting for your flight. And I'll I'll always love Shake Shack because of our time together. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, you're gonna be at Exponential next week. We got to find a Shake Shack moment. We do, man. That was the best Shake Shack I've ever been and, to. And we will we will record some content in the Shake Shack as a, as an homage to that moment. Yeah. Uh, thank man. Thanks a lot. I, I love you guys. Uh, my church blind journey started like 2015. Uh, I started to feel this just unbelievable urge to step out into this entrepreneurial calling alongside this pastoral calling. And I started, I was training for a half marathon at the time. And I thought, well, I should find somebody who's talking about church planting and you guys were uh, it could have been anybody, but it ended up being you guys were the first podcast that came up and uh, started listening, you know, back then. And oh, there's my five-year-old hanging out behind me. Uh, this is Isaac. Uh, and uh, I started listening. I signed up for one of the six jump schools. And that was like a formative, such a formative part of my of my church planning journey, man. Like it is everything about what I've done has been built on the the missional values and the kingdom values and the anti plant big church planting values and and so what I've been doing is uh, we planted Redemption Hill and at the same time we were looking at our city going Boise's like far from Jesus and like you know adding twenty thousand people a year so we got to get serious about multiplication so we we reached out and connected with New Thing and they gave us a playbook for building out a network in our city we call City Network and we've we've seen over 60 churches planted in our city over the last 5 years which is just an incredible work of God and we've got a great team that supports all those guys <laughs> my, my son's over here just yawning as as I talk that's how boring I am cuz my son just yawns at me all day <laughs> um yeah so so we we did that and uh our little church plants it's uh, it's called Redemption Hill it's a part of a network we call it a network of micro churches and it's missionaries who live in neighborhoods and reach their friends so that's yeah we're stoked man it's gonna be fun doing this together yeah yeah what's your what's your heart behind uh what you're gonna do on here give us a little taster well when you guys quit was that is that 18 months ago you guys quit on us and all first of, of all i didn't quit it was Peyton that quit let's get this clear pete there's there's no one-sided divorce okay it's always everybody has a part to play yeah i couldn't quit peyton if i wanted to <laughs> there's no quit in church planning he, he either, had so i don't know what you're talking hello. about <laughs> um yeah so when you guys quit i was I, i've just been feeling like this uh this hole in my heart because i i need i need smack talk it's it's been out of my life for too long um, so I, I I love the relational piece. I love that you guys let people in and you tell good stories. And my thought was, this is a platform that we want to keep 
going. And I've got a bunch of church planners that I pour into that I want to, I want to create ways to grab content and interviews with folks who are doing it. And I, I want to tell lots of stories of church planners. I want to, I want to re-engage some hardcore church planting with, with interviews um, of guys who are in the trenches. I want to do some post-mortems of guys who mm. finished church planting. Wow. I want to talk about what went good and what went bad and, you know, have the hard conversations about how things worked out. Um, and my son wants me to talk about Marvel. And if that bugs Peyton, that's even better because he's a DC guy. We'll just, yeah. we'll just, we'll have the DC. I'll be quiet. The, the Wednesday podcast will be DC. The Monday podcast will be Marvel. And it'll just be this quiet civil war that's raging between a behemoth multi-billion dollar property and whatever DC comics is. So oh. this is like a crossover <laughs> episode, basically. This is a crossover episode where we're we're doing it together. And my my son Isaac right here, he's got a little podcast about Marvel superheroes telling stories too, if you want to listen to that. Yeah, give it a shout out. Tell him about your podcast. Um it, it has it has my my second one is about Hulk, and my first one was about Spider-Man and Miles. Oh, that's cool. I want to hear that one, and, but but Spider-Man is in the Hulk one, but at the end because because um because because Peter was going to tell Hulk that 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 he needed to go to the Avengers. Okay. Oh. How about how about you go get ready for preschool? I'll be out in a minute. Okay, but okay. <laughs> well, as long as you eventually talk about Batman, uh, even though it's not Marvel, I I just think everyone would understand because he's like Batman's like the whole Marvel universe combined. Okay, he says he wants you to talk about Batman. Does that sound good? Sometime. Okay, we'll work on that. Okay, that's all I ask. I ask. <laughs> I ask very little. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so we're we're stoked, and I'm gonna have my buddy Tim Galley. He's gonna be co-hosting with me because he's he's funnier and more charming and better looking, much like you and Pete. So that's a, that's the plan, bro. Yes. That was the exclamation point. I like it. Well, hey, we look forward to uh, having you guys get to know Robert as well and uh, listening to the the Monday edition of Church Planner Podcast. We'll have the Wednesday edition that Pete and I will do. And then, of course, we're going to have uh, a few other shows that we're going to tell you about in just a minute. I'm looking forward to time together, guys. We'll have fun. And the crossover episodes, the battles will be epic. I'm looking forward to it. See you later. I dig See it, man. You. Thanks. Well, I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> I mean, really? He's going to be on a podcast with us? Like, uh, on a Monday edition of what we do? Do you think he can bring it, Pete? Dude, I thought we were Monday edition. Now I'm a little <laughs> bit, like, ticked. What do you mean we're middle? We're hump day? I don't want to Maybe we day. should be Monday edition. Maybe I want people to that. start out their week with us. Not Heck yeah. And then we can back. But the, the difference is we might want to let him go Monday because you know, I know Robert probably better than anybody. He's going to, he's going to gun for us. He, we're going to take pot shots. He's going to hit us hard. We get the final word on Wednesday. I'm just so does that mean I have to actually listen to the podcast? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, we totally so gotta listen. Said. <laughs> oh man. So what well, I'm excited, other, uh, man. Tell everyone about the other shows we got coming out here yeah yeah so uh i've got another one that is uh the church so so far it looks like we're gonna have is it is it one two three i'm not good with math but is it four total 
I think it's four, right? Okay, we got the two Church Planner podcasts, the Monday and Wednesday edition. Yeah, uh, we got what's the name of yours? So mine is Church Planting Journal, the Church Planting Journal, and that's again, that's me planting in real time. And we jokingly said uh, that, <laughs> and I want you to tell them your response to this, where I'm going to talk about church planning week by week in real time as it happens and offend everybody who's actually in the church plant that I'm in when I talk about them. I didn't think that was any different than like, you know, probably about three or four years of the church planner podcast. Right. Like, where, hey, what's up with worship leader? You mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't want to bring it up publicly, <laughs> but like. What's up with worship leaders are wearing hats all the time. I don't know about the wearing hat, but I, no, I remember one of the episodes was, what do you do when you've got a prima donna worship leader? <laughs> that was literally the name of the episode. He didn't listen to the podcast or he would have seen my play-by-play coming. Probably. How to get rid of your, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, uh, that's well, one of those things. What's interesting, though, is I thought, honestly, during that whole series of episodes i thought you actually gave a lot of valuable insight and information because i still remember like one of my big takeaways was um you know you were talking about the income that someone's making from the church and how you're you were not willing to cut off the income even though you knew he needed a break because of everything that was going on and you're like, look, I'm not going to cut off your income, but you need to to take a break and you need to, you know, because he had all kinds of stuff going on at the time. And I remember that was a big takeaway for me because that's not the way the business world thinks. That's not the way my mind would have thought. I would have been like, you know, you're not providing the service. Why am I paying you anymore? Right. But you're like, no, look, we're a church. You count on this money. You're still going to get the money, but you need to take some time. Yeah. And I thought that yeah. was, to me, that was like one of the big takeaways that I still remember to this day from that whole ordeal. Wow. That's crazy, man. Cause I don't even remember that. What's so cool right now is that New Breed is able, the, the family that we're planting with, um, he's come on the New Breed team. He's like, this is the best job I've ever had. And he is freaking amazing at what he does for us. And it, it's just a good team. Like, so uh, his name would be Bo Moffitt. He'll come up again and again in uh in the in the podcast but he um he's you know both of us i mean what's so cool is our needs are fully met through the global ministry that we're running right now which new breed has grown up since we have last recorded um new breed is now in 54 countries we track all of our metrics. We know how many downloads we have. We we got serious, Pete, at one point with ConvertKit. And just it it has been absolutely incredible what God has been doing through that ministry. But we're able to plan a church and money's no pressure, which it's weird because we're Bivo, but it's Bivo with, you know, a global ministry, but we're planting locally. So it's kind of like our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth are all being hit right now. So that's cool. Yeah, man, it's, it's going to be cool. I mean, uh, of course I didn't, you know, write this textbook, right. And there are, uh, we're also setting up an Ephesus style hub here. I cannot wait to be speaking into that. That's going to be those of you that know, um, you know, kind of the way that I work, I don't tend to take a popular topic and speak into it. Cause I think I know about it when I haven't done it. I'm very much like a Hemingway where um, 
I will speak about things I've done. Uh, and, and so I, I haven't spoken much about Ephesus hub models. I've, I've had little tasters of plants, you know, that I planted that have planted other churches, but that is what we are intentionally, those always happen accidentally. We are intentionally doing what Paul did in Ephesus. And so that's a new, that's a new animal like that. That's a brand new bag for me. And coming into this podcast, I can't wait because it's going to be exciting to actually give a play-by-play of what that might look like. And and just to quickly go away, when I said like Hemingway, Hemingway only wrote about what he did. He wrote about, you know, the snows of Kilimanjaro because he crashed a plane on the hillside of Kilimanjaro. He writes about bullfighting because he's a bullfighter. He writes about for whom the belt rules because he fought in the Spanish Civil War. Um, he he wrote about what he personally experienced and knew. And his phrase was, um, write something worth reading, do something worth writing about. And, and I think for church planning, this is a practitioner game. It's not a game for theorists. You can read books about church planning all you want, but missiology, the good missiology that's out there, almost all of it, has come from practitioners. It's not come from theorists. Practitioners innovate missiology. And and, and if you just go through the big hitters through missiological history, you've got Roland Allen, uh, Church Planning, Paul's Ways Are Ours. He came back from the mission field, was a practitioner, wrote a book. Uh, Leslie Newbegin, missionary, came back from the field, wrote a book, Um, wrote multiple books. All these guys wrote multiple books. Jim Peterson, Church Without Walls, missionary, came back, wrote books. Peyton Jones, missionary, come back, write books. But it's based on what you've done. It's practitioner uh, models becoming uh, innovative missiology. And that is that is what we hope on the podcast. Sometimes when I when I listen to podcasts, like we, were, we were just looking through today, um, different podcasts. So many of them are just, it's theory. You know, it's people that aren't actually in the trenches, and there is a dynamic. This is where I'm going with this. There is a dynamic now that I'm back in the trenches because I pulled away for a few years to train, but I'm now beginning to feel more and more like, even though Paul did that to a certain extent, he was still in it. I'm in it. I intend for the rest of my life to be stuck in this uh, now that I'm building the Ephesus style hub. Um, and it's not two two counties over, you know, it's a <laughs> You know, because I used to travel. If you remember, I four days a week I was up in Long Beach. I'd spend the night in Huntington um, twice a week. You know, I'd spend all day Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday, Wednesday up in Long Beach. Like it was a different animal. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. And for people who don't know, that's because you were living in Oceanside, which is what, like an hour, hour and a half away, something like yeah. that. Yeah. When I got back, there was like a little missionary home. And then my sending pastor, Bill Welsh, was like, hey, you know, will you come over and plan a church for us in, in Long Beach. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that, but I'll only do it for a year. So what turned into, I think it was five years, um, was meant to be a year, but of course we kept training up and sending out, but, um, well, tell, tell us a little bit about the, the show that you're going to do. Cause I'm excited about that as well. Yeah. So I don't have a title for it yet. I got I didn't, I didn't realize I was supposed to come to this podcast with the title. <laughs> That's because I don't communicate, <laughs> but it's going to be on, uh, on Bivo. Um, helping helping pastors learn how to make money outside the church, um, whether they've got a business, helping them grow their business. If they don't have a business, or you know, what type of business should they be looking at? Should they be looking at uh, employment outside of the church? 
or is it, you know, an entrepreneurial thing? I mean, because there's pros and cons to everything. And, and I would even say that some people are built for certain types of things. Some people are built to, um, to do employee uh, work and they're not built to run a business, which is a completely different animal. Um, it was interesting. Like last night, it was, it was really cool. I got to have a, a meeting that lasted about three hours with this uh, guy that I met at something called Holy Smokes. Have you ever heard of Holy Smokes? Only from you. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a, a group of, I mean, essentially, you know, pastors and Christians, not just pastors, um, that meet, you know, either once a month, or a couple of times a month, and they all have cigars. Sometimes they have their favorite beverage. Uh, but apparently the uh, the Facebook groups are um, private. Like you have to be, you have to know someone to get in because so many Christians would be offended if they found out their pastor had a cigar or something. So it's really kind of funny from that standpoint. So anyway, a buddy of mine invited me to, to go to one of the meetings. And um, so I met this guy there uh, named Ruben, who's from Chad. And... Um, Right now, he lives in the States, but his heart is to go back to, to Africa. And really what they the, his focus on is is helping the uh, the business side and the entrepreneurial side and helping, you know, Africans learn how to make money, to be able to feed their families, take care of their communities and, and things like that. And so it was really it was really cool being able to, to talk with him because he also um, he, he's got a great story. I listened to it on a, a different podcast one time. I mean, we'll have to have him on sometime to share his story. Um, but his, his dad is amazing. I mean, his dad is a pastor and, and uh, I can't remember what country they were living in at the time, but there was a, a civil war going on and his dad, like, you know, drove his family to the border to get them out and then kept going back. And he's like, look, I may not make it out of this, but you know, I got to help more people. And that's where his, his heart was, was like, look, I'm not going to just abandon people. And, um, and so, you know, I, his story of, of him becoming a Christian is pretty amazing. Uh, he lived uh, in the U S for a lot of his formative years, um, went back to Africa and lived there uh, recently went back to Africa for, um, what was supposed to be, uh, a business. He got hired by this, this nonprofit. And, and so he was really, he was spelling out like all the, the big problems that he saw with like all the, the Western money that's supposedly going to Africa, right? So we can help the, the local communities and stuff. And then just how, what happens to it when it actually hits the ground and how the people there are not really being helped by the nonprofit. I mean, it was, it was amazing, like what he was going through. And what he was able to to learn from his experience there, and he goes, the biggest thing that I learned is, he goes, the uh, you know the 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 foundation, the the Western uh, people who are who are providing all this money, they kind of don't care what happens in Africa, like if the businesses that the money is supposed to be funding don't work, because to them it's a write off, like they're they're getting their write off of the taxes no matter what. That's all they really care about. That's the reason why they're they're funding it is it's all for the write-off. And then there's this huge disconnect of once it finally gets to where it's supposed to be going. And I mean, it, it was it was literally mind-boggling listening to that story. And I'm like, man, how can we how can we help some of those guys? 
And, you know, what are some of the strategies that I know how to implement that we can help? And then just also yeah. understanding the differences in culture. And um, like he was talking about, <clears throat> you know, he goes in Africa, you can't, let's say you, you train someone to, you know, data entry or whatever, and they're great at data entry. And then you want them to present to other employees. Here's how you do the data entry. And they can't do it. And he goes, because in Western culture, you know, he goes in fourth grade, I was doing presentations in front of the class. I was taught how to present. It's a different educational system. He goes, so now you're asking someone from another culture to present in front of people, but they've never done that. They don't have the skill set for it. They've never done it. They've never learned it. They've never been taught it. And it's just something, it's stuff that we take for granted. So it was really interesting, like hearing the, the dynamics and the differences in, in the different cultures and how business, you know, is needed, how that ability to be able to not just create money, but uh, create an income that is able to hire other people mm. and be a benefit to the, to the, the local community by providing more work for others that need it. And well, this, um, this yeah. is the way that things are going. So, I mean, you know, yeah. it's funny, Pete, because, when I when I look back on our podcast, and I think we said this last week, so much of what we've been saying um, really came from uh, a, a futurist mindset, like kind of talking about where things are going, like network hubs. This isn't the first time we've talked about it. Um, microchurch, we call them cogs, you know, um, the the team leadership, which things are starting to move towards finally. Uh, reproducible sustainability, aka businesses mission, Bible church planning. This is all stuff we've talked about for ages, simply because it's very first century. But having someone with your expertise like this, again, just someone who's entrepreneurial, someone who's fascinated by business, but has a kingdom mindset for ministry, it's just rare. Um, you know, you can go to like, is it, is it Dan Miller, you know, the 60 days to, to what, what's that guy's name? You, you know who I'm talking about? Um, yeah. there's a bunch of podcasts out there where people are like, Hey, I'll help you, you know, start your business. But this is literally, um, something that I know you had a passion about for years was just helping planners because your dad was a pastor. You watched him, um, watching them struggle and make all these sacrifices and being like, Hey, I could take the pain out of this for you, which is what Priscilla and Aquila did for, for Paul. When Paul was on the mission field, it's his second missionary journey. He's obviously, you know, going from town to town. I don't think Paul yet had learned to tent make until he gets to Corinth. Not, not like he, he didn't grow up with that family business. He did, but, um, but Paul, I believe, got his strategy when he shows up in um, Corinth and he's busted up and broken. Like he's just, he's tired. He he can't get any traction. He's in uh, Thessalonica for two weeks, gets driven on to Berea. The, the same people that harried him out of that town follow him to Berea. Then he goes finally to Corinth and he's just, he's done. He's toast. He's been beaten. He's been stoned. He's been, you know, and he just goes there and he spends 18 months in Corinth. But for months, I think it's somewhere six, six months to a year, he just tent makes. And then it says when Silas and Timothy 
finally finish up in Thessalonica and Berea because Paul couldn't stay there and raise up leaders and what have you. When they get there in the book of Acts, it says, then Paul devoted himself to teaching and preaching the gospel. Part of that, he's just working with his hands, living with Priscilla and Aquila. But from then on, Paul starts really building this team up. Mm. He's given them a, a, a vocation, and then they're spreading out to the to the all over the 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 map. He's funding his missionaries with with Priscilla and Aquila, who have a tent making empire. Because we see them when Paul moves to Ephesus, they go, they leave their their business in Corinth. It's running, it's producing, uh, probably funding Apollos and Apollos's. Um, uh, Sith Lords or whatever you want to call him is Knights of Ren. You know, he's raising them up and doing whatever. Then they go to Ephesus. And then later when Paul writes Romans, they're in Rome. So they've got these tent making empires that are all over and they have homes in all three places, which shows are loaded. So their business was doing well. But I mean, that to me is some amazing, like first century strategy. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was you you brought up a good point in that one of the reasons why I got involved with the Bivo stuff and trying to help these guys is because typically speaking, most church planners have a full-time job. And then you feel so called to the ministry. You're trying to plant this church and you're spending at a minimum 30 hours with mm-hmm. the church, 40, 50. I mean, minimally, though, it's going to be 30. And so what ends up happening is you neglect your family. Now, your family understands what you're doing. But at the end of the day, you're you're stealing from your family. You're, you're taking time from your family. And so my original thought was, you know, if I could show these guys how to do what I do, where you can make the amount of money that you need to make in a relatively short amount of time because of the value that you bring to the table, right? So one of the things I was explaining to my buddy last night is I go, look, it's it's taking people from the idea of trading hours for dollars to trading dollars for knowledge. And that's a huge jump. And, you know, I brought up our good friend, uh, A. David, right? And A. David came through the training and um, and he told me this, like, I'm not sharing anything he wouldn't say himself. He goes, look, I totally considered myself a socialist. You know, I was, I was a hardcore socialist until going through your training. And I finally learned I can actually make what I'm worth. And he goes, right now I'm a capitalist. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I remember it's funny how it, that works when you can make money, suddenly you believe in making money. Right. But, but he would even tell you it took him probably a year to get his first client. And the yeah. reason for that was because of the mental hurdles he had to go through. Like he was, he was just, I mean, he was a dollars for hours kind of guy. Like that was yeah. the only thing he, and it's a huge mental shift. You contrast that to a guy like Dan Sams, church planner up in Ohio, who you and I both know really well. He went through the training. I think he made like, I don't know. He, he told me like 45 or $60,000 within six weeks. Wow. The difference was he was already an entrepreneur. He already had a web design business. So he already understood what it meant to be self-employed, what it meant to ask for the sale, what it meant to go out there and, and get a client. And it's just, so, you know, there's this and comparing and contrasting and it just, 
there's a huge mental hurdle that people got to go yeah. through. So my goal is with the Bivo podcast is to help people, pastors specifically, no matter where they're at in that journey. Yeah. If if they're the guy that's like Dan, who's like, just, you know, give me some tidbits, man. I can take them and run yeah. with it. Great. Let me, let me help you out with that. If it's yeah, the guy and like I, David who needs to, to really come to grips with a different way of thinking, a different yes. way of looking at the world. Great. We're going to give you that. Because so I run training I and, and I run training for different organizations and I'll contract now with ministries and networks. Um, what I'll often hear is something like this. Well, you know, we got to do this in the evening because, you know, Bivo planters, they don't have nine to five available. And I always think to myself, they really need to get to know Pete because if they're doing nine to five Bivo on a 40 hour a week job, they're kind of doing it. Uh, I can't say they're doing it wrong because, hey, good for you. You're providing for your family, but there is a better way. And <laughs> I feel like an info, but there's a better way. But I always but feel wait, like there's more. <laughs> but what he did next, nobody is all coming. Yes, there's going to be plenty of that in the podcast still. But uh, what what I will say is there is a better way. There's a way to do it. Um, just wiser like work smarter not harder right and i know we got to wrap up here but um but we're excited that's that's kind of a a, a little taster of each of uh pete and i's side shows there may be a fifth but we it don't could know be that, that marvel one who knows I, it, it totally dc could be that dc one that's what oh, i that, heard that, that's what i heard uh <laughs> not i heard marvel well, hey, guys, we want to thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, this has been Pete Mitchell, Peyton Jones. Uh, really quickly, if you want some of the free training that I'm offering, head on over to newbreedtraining.com. And Pete, where should they connect with you? Uh, I don't really care about that. Let's, let's do our tagline, man. <laughs> you got to do the tagline. All right. Nine years. You can't quit on. Don't okay, quit. Well, on we couldn't remember it the last one. Remember, we're like sitting there. What if is you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, you got to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. And apparently now on our on our redux, that's Pete's job. He's going to do that now. Jump school. <laughs> Jump school. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, we'll guys. Well, thanks for joining us. And I'm, I will sign us out. Remember, if you want to reach the ones no one's reaching, you got to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing.